This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of Pie Talk for Breakfast is brought to you by Yingling Lager. Elevate your taste, spread your wings. And today, Greg Dobbs is joining me, one of the greatest bench players in the history of Philadelphia Phillies franchise. That is right. He's joining me, Dobber. Next. In the air to left field. Going back on it. It is gone! Kevin Franzen sends everybody home. Ball there. Coming down. down. What up? And welcome to another episode of Pine Top for Breakfast. I am your host, Kevin Franzen, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Respond, ask questions, I don't know, whatever you want. We answered everything last night with uh, Murph and I, so that was fun. Uh, but today, special guest is uh, one of my good buddies, but probably one of your favorite players based on the fact that this guy was uh, incredible for the four-year span that he was here in Philadelphia. And and here he is. Look, he's a semifinalist in the Fransky and L.A. poll question of probably the whole entire quarantine, which is the best bench player in Philly's history. Uh, you are leading P- uh, Incavilia right now. I don't know if you knew that, uh, but you're probably going to be in the finals with Gigi, with Greg Gross. Uh, uh, Greg Dobbs. It's going to be the battle of the Gregs in the finals. How are you, Dobber? Oh, Franny. Well, one, thank you for that tremendous intro. I had no idea. Well, now what you an do. Honor. Let's, keep on, let's what? get on there and vote for yourself. Oh, what, what, what an honor. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hit up my, my seven social media followers and tell them to get out there in droves and pound the pavement, knock on doors, shake hands, kiss babies. Um, I mean, to be in that kind of company. Um, wow. I I, I don't know what to say. It's good. You caught me at such a great time because, you know, I just got done consuming my third protein shake before noon. Um, you know, a la Bryson DeChambeau, not DeChambeau. I say DeChambeau. Um, I, I figured, Hey, if it works for him, it should maybe work for me and for, for mere mortals. Um, and uh, and then I, I literally got off a conference call uh, with uh, J Lo and A Rod. They, oh, they wanted mad. me to. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they called not. Um, they wanted they want some other in? high profile. Yeah, they wanted another high profile, you know, guy to to put you know put money in and be part of that ownership group. And I had to politely turn them down and said, Hey, listen, I, I just I don't think I'm that that big of profile for you guys. Yeah. Um, but but let's regardless, be here, would you have bought? Would you have wanted to buy in on the Mets? I don't care who it is, and what like you be in on ownership and all this stuff. Would you want to be even associated with the Mets, my friend? Couldn't do it. Nope. Sorry. Couldn't do it. Couldn't yep. do it. Uh, it's a, it's going to be a hard pass for me. Yeah. Hard um, pass. I, I just. I just find it I just find it quite comical, right? All the all the news coming out about that and the leaks that they could okay, now this former athlete and now this high profile I mean Pitbull has to somewhere be in the mix, right? He's gotta be part of that ownership oh. group. Apparent I, I have to imagine. Um Shakira, I think I just think it's Pitbull, all of them are gonna be involved. Like are you kidding me? Shakira <laughs> Oh man. 
The hips don't oh, lie man. on that. We got, yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. So here, here, here's the thing. I, I mentioned the poll question because uh, I, I think in what? We'll go back to 1980 all the way through uh, to, to now. I mean, you're, you're in the top three easy in greatest bench players in Philly's history. And the best part is when you say that word, bench or words together, bench player, you don't take offense to that. You took so much pride in that. I think that, that's one of the coolest things because you were – if you talk about guys that myself looked up to you on that because you put that, you know, the pinch hitting position coming off the bench and playing three, four innings, double switching and doing that, you put it on a different level, my friend. You put it on well, a different level. Listen, Franny, I, I appreciate you saying that, and, and, and I know – you understand and you and you truly mean it because you've been in those shoes mm-hmm. you you know you know and we've had these discussions plenty of times before right where it's 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 not it's not an easy role it's it's a difficult role for many guys that we've played with and against to accept and to embrace uh because everybody wants to be that guy hey listen i everybody i, I everybody everybody does my goodness why, why wouldn't you right i mean mm-hmm. you're gonna do something you want to do it to the best of your ability and you want to be that guy but hey you know what to each their own and there's nine spots on the field and but there's also four or five bench spots that you know what you're ju- you're just as vital a component to the team you, you can bring a lot to the team and you can be an even better teammate and influence in the clubhouse by embracing it and not fighting it um yeah you know I, listen I, two words one guy, two words. Dave Hansen. Okay, mm-hmm. when I when I came up with the Seattle Mariners, Dave Hansen was there. Another left-handed hitting utility guy, pinch hit extraordinaire. Had some terrific seasons, but you know was one of us. Let's be honest. Yep. Um, I in my rookie years there in Seattle, two thousand four, five, and six, he took me under his wing, and he taught me the craft. And, um, he was so instrumental and so helpful in getting through to me and helping me understand how, how valuable it is to be a guy that embraces it and to not take it as a, as a shot against you or, or ammo against you that you go, you don't have enough game to, to, to be at that level. Like, no, no, you do. But, and here's the role that's being asked of you. And here's how you can go about it successfully. If I don't have a guy like Dave Hansen to take me under his wing and teach me those things and, 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 and help me understand the role and how to mentally and physically go about it. Cause dude, as you know, mm-hmm. that it's a, it is, it's a difficult role to go about physically and, and mentally, because like you said, double switches, pinch hits, you know, got shoot, you know, j- but thinking along j- with the manager, j- right? I mean like that, that, Probably one of the things that David talked to you about was think along with the situation of the game, right? Hundred percent, one hundred. I didn't get taught that. I didn't have that. Like all the veteran guys that I came up with were like, you know, like you're a rookie, poo poo. Like go do your thing. Like you go, you go be you. No one taught me that. You know, I had Tim Flannery as our third base coach, who was fantastic, taught me so much, but. He couldn't be in the clubhouse all the time as a coach, right? And and, and doing that stuff, um, it, it it what you said, embracing that, 
He said, you will not be a good utility player until you embrace it. When you look at that lineup card and you're not in there and your shoulders don't shrug. And I was like, right. Uh-huh. Right. That, it, uh-huh. that is, that, that is such valuable insight. I mean, you, you know, I, I, listen, I, I was fortunate, but uh, Hey, dude, to your credit, having not had that when you were a rookie or in those first few years where you're breaking into the league, um, you know, you could have fooled me. I mean, looked like you embraced it and did very well and had an incredible career yourself. So don't sell yourself short there for any, but it took um, a but, while, you know, it, yeah. it's just one of those things where it just like, it just didn't feel natural. And I think when you embrace things, it ends up feeling natural, right? It, it did the last couple of years of my career, but it's something that if you don't have the right guidance on, it's something that could slip away. And that's a fact. True. Very, very, very true. And you, I, I, I can't, I can't argue anything you just said. Um, you know, but it, it, it does still get to the, the bottom line is it, the, the sooner that you can embrace whatever environment or situation you are in, the, the, the better you will become and the more productive you will become. Yep. Right. And, and, and the more positive you will view whatever that situation is. And if you can view that, if you can view any situation in a positive manner, and, and find the positives and not dwell on the negatives. Listen, you and I both know, dude, you play this great game of baseball. It is a failure sport. The best in this game, the, 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 the names in the Hall of Fame that have plaques dedicated to them with their picture engraved in bronze and gold, the, the, those hitters, they failed seven out of ten times. Yeah. Okay? I mean, and so, so if you're – and that's what's so beautiful about our game is – it teaches you if you're paying attention and if you're willing to embrace it and accept it, it teaches you incomparably how to deal with failure and how to, and how to be resilient and come back from it. And, and, you know, to your point, yeah, Hanson, Hans was incredible at educating me, getting in my ear on how to follow a game. You're absolutely right. That is one thing. If I, you hit the nail on the head. If I was to preach to any young player who was like us, right, in our mm-hmm. shoes, who gets up to the big leagues but, you know, just isn't isn't looked at and isn't and isn't just good enough to be that everyday guy who's going to crank out 30 to 40 homers playing a corner position, right? Um, <laughs> That'd be fun. I, 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 I mean, secretly, that would have been awesome. That would have been so good. <laughs> it would have been incredible. But you know, the, the, the point is, you know, being a having been taught to think through the game and to be present, and, and, and you're not being present physically. You're being mm-hmm. you're being present mentally. You're you're watching the game. You're putting yourself in the position, and you're not taking an inning or a pitch off. That that was huge. I you know when I first got up to Seattle, I'm in Safeco. It's beautiful. The, the locker room, the, the clubhouse is incredible. You got everything at your disposal, right? I mean, you're like a kid in a candy store. Dude, but to the have greatest, they have the greatest like froyo machine in there. Oh, oh, like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, right? Yep. Um, and but to have him put his arm around me and say, "Hey, hey, young man, you need to. You don't need to be." physically prepared but you got to be mentally prepared because games games they, they, there is a flow right mm-hmm. there is there is an absolute flow and and magic you know construct that that happens and it starts from the very first pitch and it ends at the very last pitch and if you can stay in tune with that it will tell the game will tell you and the moves that are being made will tell you when or when not you should start to 
prepare yourself physically for when you might, not that you will get the call or that you will be asked to perform, but that you might get the point from the bench coach or the manager to say, hey, Franny, Dauber, uh, you're, you're hitting next inning. Yeah. And it's and Franny, what are we really talking about? We're, all we're talking about is preparation. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and, I, and, and I I've and, and it taught me early on that if you can out prepare or if you can just prepare at at the highest level possible every day, you know what? You're probably going to put yourself in a in a very good position to succeed for the team when you're asked to perform in a high leverage situation. I yeah, a hundred percent. And here here's something I don't want you to agree with me if you don't agree with it. But I for me personally, uh, as a bench guy. If I was mentally drained after a game and I didn't even play, I win. That was a win for me that day because that means you're locked in and, and you've done everything possible to think along with the manager. And, you know, maybe some days were a little harder than others because you're going, I have no idea what he's thinking today because that movie right. just made threw me way off. <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't see that one coming. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but, I mean, like a guy like Charlie, for you, you knew exactly when you were going to be – you knew there, there, there's something about Charlie Manuel and the way that he would talk to you, the way that, you know, he just gave you a look and you're like, yeah, I'm hitting in the eighth now. I know that. Like, just by that look, I'm hitting the ninth. He, he wants me in there. Does it you know matter for you with managers, like knowing them and knowing their personality, knowing what they, they love and, and, and everything about, you know, the relationship you have with them? Oh, there is nothing more important and paramount, I think, than – Great understanding. Word, I love Paramount. Paramount's great. Underst- oh, thank you. I have my I have my moments. Um, <laughs> I I there is nothing more paramount and important and beautiful than the bench player learning the style of his manager, getting yeah. to know, not being afraid, not being afraid to get to know the manager or the bench coach, right? Who are sitting there every game analyzing they're looking at stats and numbers and tendencies and charts before game putting their game plan together i i I, one of the things that i love the most that i learned to do is exactly what you're talking about is i got to know charlie i got to know jimmy williams who was our bench coach and then i got to know pete mccannon (laughs) and fantastic mind to get to know (laughs) oh it's a beautiful mind (laughs) don't get trapped in there too long because you might not you might not come out or you'll come out a different person You'll come out irreparably changed, oh. but none, but nonetheless, Franny, the most the most beautiful thing in the game one is the relationships that you make, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 learning how to how to not only challenge yourself, but to support your teammates, to even challenge your teammates at at times when it's needed. Um, but it's also the relationships and learning how to work with and for your manager and your bench coach. And when I was able to. When you're able to pick up on that, you feel like you are literally – I felt like I was literally in Charlie's head or in Jimmy's head or in Pete's head. And I knew exactly what they were thinking, what they were what they were contemplating, how far ahead they were thinking in the game, you know, given what yeah. would happen, what sort of situations may, may come up. Say we're in the fifth inning. Okay, they're – yeah, they're in the moment in the fifth inning, but they're also thinking, okay, seventh inning, eighth inning, if this happens, that happens, right? They're, they're running through all these different scenarios. Um, they're like Zach Galifaganis in uh, in The Hangover when he's got all the he's got all the equations. We oh, sit at the poker table. Rolling, yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got them all rolling. That, like, but when you when 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 you start to think like them, 
dude, it, don't. It, it's it's twofold. Not only are you prepared, and do you feel like you're on top of it? They also know, and they even have more confidence because they see it, dude. Oh, they know sure. that you are that you aren't mentally checked out. Uh-huh. That you're right there with them, step by step, thinking it through, and and preparing mentally for when you need to be ready, or for when you think that the Charlie's going to point or say or come up to me and say, "Hey, Dobber, next inning we're going to need you." Right? Uh, do it, there, that is a beautiful thing, and I hope I hope there are guys out there listening to this that. Are, are in our position um, that that are taking heed and and can 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 learn can learn from this because you know you were successful for a reason because you le- you learned those things I was successful mm-hmm. for a reason as a bench player because I learned these things you can learn them if this is there's no there's no secret sauce okay it's not a this, these things can be learned I just <laughs> made it a little well, easier at times like come on well well there was yeah. we just we just we just didn't partake in yeah, it yeah we didn't um, do it. No, we didn't do it. We just we didn't feel we needed to, and that's you know what? Hey, it, that's that's the beauty of life. Hey, you gotta, you know, there's choices all around us, and you can either choose to do things or not. And I I found it's the things that you choose not to do that are the most important, and that make the most lasting. Oh yeah, differences in oh, yeah. In, in your life. Yeah. When you're talking about you know with with you and Charlie Manuel, your relationship and everything, it's like, what was the confidence that he gave you? Based off of the fact of like, you know, I'm gonna save you to the ninth. You know who you're getting. Like, it, was that huge for you? Did that put you in a frame of mind where you're going? Because well, I mean, that you were used, utilized often throughout a game. Didn't matter if it, it was like big moments that were in the fifth. He would bring you in to do it. In the ninth, right. you faced a lot of closers, so you do that. But the that confidence. There's something about there's something different about Charlie Manuel when he has that confidence in you and that look. It, I don't know. It it, it gave me this, like, I, I wasn't going to say I was invincible, but it, it felt like it. Hell yeah. I, it, I mean, it, listen, Charlie Manuel, Chuck, and and, and, hey, and the hey, other great hey, managers, hey, 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 Freddy, hey. <laughs> um, it's not how far, it's how many, Dauber. Come on now. Um, he, listen, got great managers like Chuck, they inspire in their players, no matter if it's, Chase Utley, who didn't need much inspiring, because uh, nah. I mean that guy. I mean, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. he's just, he's just he's a mutant. He's special. Mm-hmm. Um, but but from but from Chase down to to someone like me or you or an Eric Bruntlett, um, you know, great managers and leaders of people they inspire confidence in everyone working for them, and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. He he. And he was open to having conversations and developing the relationship as well, right? Like, yep. you know, we've we've all played for managers. I'm not going to name names, but we've all played for managers who, you know, didn't didn't really interact with their players, right? And didn't get and didn't take the time to truly get to know them, or, <laughs> or, 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 or hang out, or or hang out. <laughs> I want to pretend oh, like I didn't hear that. You um, did not hear anything. I did nothing. No, I, not yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a blip in the feed. Yeah. Um, Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> oops. Um, but they they were guys that took the time to get to know their players, and it didn't matter if you were the twenty fifth guy, the bench guy, or you were the, the star the star player. They you know the Bryce Harper. They got. They took time to get to know you and to relate to you and find out what makes you tick, what motivates you, what turns you off, right? Or what mm-hmm. you know, what 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 you know, 
what presses your buttons, how to, how to get that fire lit and how to inspire confidence in you. Because, and here's the other thing that Charlie was so good at, and you saw this too. Char- Charlie was so good at putting people and the timing of which he could put his players in a position to succeed and not fail. Be- and dude, that 100%. is a gift. That is oh. a gift. Oh, for and that's sure. why, and that's why there's great managers, there's average managers, and there's not so good at, there's not so good managers or or leaders of people and groups of people. Is the ones that are really good and really successful, they have a knack, they have a god given ability to just be able to 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 learn who they have and who they're managing, and then to know what positions to put them in to where they're going to succeed. Because if they because they know if they yeah. succeed, we succeed as a team, we succeed as an organization, and and we win. That's what it's all about. And that's what Charlie was so good at, dude. I, I like you, I felt like I could run through a wall for Charlie. Oh, and I wanted time. but I wanted to, but I wanted to. I and, wanted to. Not just because it was my job and because I was getting a paycheck. No, it's because he made me feel like I sh- I should. And I and also too, he he made me feel like he would do the same for me. And dude, he would do the same for you. He'd do the same for anybody, any of his guys. You know what the crazy thing is with Charlie is that like he understood how hard it was to pinch hit. And and it wasn't like he's like, oh, man, it's okay. You got out. Like, but the moment he saw you just grind, like you won in his mind. And 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 he obviously, he wanted to win everything, right? He wanted you to get a hit on everything. But he would say things afterwards, like you you, you hit a rocket. You you might even just get jammed on one. But you you go four or five pitches, and and he's like, yeah, that's how I put you in that spot. Yeah. And he's like, (laughs) he would do it, and he'd be like, and you're going to get it again. You're going to be you're going to be hitting it in the ninth. And, and and there's certain things that Charlie did and said because he understood how hard it was. And it wasn't like again, he wasn't just throwing it out there just to be a token like, "Oh, he literally understood how tough that spot is for guys like you and I." He he meant it. He felt it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it. It's one thing to and we did. and and, <laughs> and uh, if, yeah, and because he felt it, he made sure we felt it. Um the the beauty, the beauty is in the struggle, right? It's like a, it's like a diamond, right? Diamonds are one of the most coveted things on this planet, right? I mean, every guy puts a diamond on their on their wife's finger when they. It is one of the most beautiful, most coveted piece of gem in the world. A diamond is the beauty of that is built out of such a struggle and stress under volcanic rock and the most breakfast is sponsored by diamonds. <laughs> K, K jewelers. Every kiss begins with K. Oh, it's so good. Sorry. No, but, <laughs> we, digress. But, like, we digress. And my, my analogy might be a little far fetched, but nonetheless, dude, it's he, Charlie understood that diamonds aren't just, they're not just well. Some are just born. Okay, yes, some are. But <laughs> some are. but most, but 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 most diamonds and 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 most most great people and athletes um, are built through those struggles. Mm-hmm. And and he knew that he he had a career that was built on that as well, right? Not only through health, but but also having to go over to Japan and prove himself mm-hmm. over there because here he wasn't taken seriously in the league. And and it, so that that was the beauty of chuck as well was he he'd been there yep. he'd been in our shoes oh for sure and he could re- and he could relate and whenever you have somebody that can relate to what you're going through as a human being hmm. man th- those are the people you want to those are the people you just want to hold on to for dear life oh for sure for sure stick around real quick i gotta get like a little bit of a commercial break here on uh, pine tower for breakfast we'll be right back 
More with Greg Dobbs. Tap into your inner eagle and spread your wings. With Yingling Traditional Lager. A bold amber color, near 200 years in the making, all-American brew. So plug in, rock out, and let the night take flight. Yingling Traditional Lager. Spread your wings. Spread my wings and let it ride. DJ Yingling and Son, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please drink responsibly. Still on the line is the... One of, he's going to be a finalist in the Fransky L.A. poll question of who's the greatest Phillies bench player since 1980. Greg Gross is going to be facing off versus Greg Dawes, Battle of the Gregs. Anyway, I got to talk to my buddy. It's been fun. Right here, at Kevin Franzen on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. Dauber? Hey, yesterday you and I were talking about some things, uh, Actually, quite a lot of things. And and one thing that like kind of just stood out, we, we talked a lot about the fans, right? And and what this year is going to be without the fan. And it kind of goes along with this conversation. Obviously, with the DH, uh, probably a little bit less pinch hitting this year than we've ever seen uh, in the history of the game because both sides go in DH. Uh, mm-hmm. But without the fan, you and I talked about what what moments could do for you as a pinch hitter or, you know, coming in late in the game, as a, as a double switch and it's big moments in the crowds there and you feel amped up or whatever. Like what, what, what's your take without the fans there this year? What do you expect to see? <sighs> Such other than this seats. is a, other than this, <laughs> well, and cutouts yeah, and, and it, cutouts of SpongeBob true. SquarePants and yep. Barney. And yeah, in there the may front, be in the front a row. dauber behind home plate one game. And <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who it's from. <laughs> oh, oh, you might've just given it away. Hey. But, Oh God, um, I, I miss I miss the bank so much. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm am jealous that you get to go there every day. Well, it's and, ish and for, every for your day job. ish. Okay, ish ish ish, ish but ish. still, but still, it's it's a special place, dude. Um, yeah, this was a fantastic talk that we had yesterday, and you hit on some great points, which is, you know, how 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 are those situations going to play out? How is the player? going to respond in those situations right where it is that 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 big moment or that that pivotal fifth or sixth inning double switch where you know it's a blip on the radar to every other you know every other fan and 99.9 percent of the people watching a game but to guys like us and people who understand the game those are crucial moments and 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 really swing moments within games when you look back over the game one through nine innings right Sometimes those those games are won and lost, and you can trace it back to that double switch or that early pinch hit or just the defensive replacement, right? And yep. so, I I don't know. I, I I have like we discussed yesterday. You know, there I have concerns. You know, just because we we feed off of that energy and mm-hmm. that adrenaline, and not that the game playing the game at the highest level doesn't already bring that out of you but there is you know playing in front of playing in front of 40 or 50,000 people at the bank um or s yeah going nuts bonkers um is way different than having sound piped in over over the the speaker system and you know it it being artificially um artificially created i i just I, i my my hope my hope is that guys are able to, you know, mind F themselves and, mm-hmm. and treat it the same, 
right? It, that it's you are still wearing a big league jersey. Yeah, you still have a big league job. This is a big league game. It may it may not look, taste, smell, feel like one, but it is. Um, COVID, this whole pandemic, yeah, it's it's effed things up for everybody, right? And for and everyone. and baseball for everyone, for everyone. Listen, listen. You don't think fans? You think the 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 die hard bleeding Philly red fans don't want to be in those stands and filling up that, that stadium. Oh my gosh. You want to talk about pent up demand that listen, everybody wants to be back to normal, but now it's, we. I'm hoping that players can create, I hate to say the word, the two words that we've heard new normal. I, I, I hate to say it, but it kind of fits. So I'm going to go with it. I love um, it. Keep it going. Players, players. I, I'm, I'm hoping that players, especially well, everybody, but the guys that maybe come in and double switch or pinch hit, which we might not have as much anymore as you as you stated, because the DH. I just hope that they can create that for themselves mm-hmm. because they're because they're going to have to. Because listen, what you do in this truncated, shorted, se- shortened season, um, it still matters. Don't t- don't don't think it doesn't. Don't slough this off. No. It's easy to make excuses. It's easy to make excuses. Period. You can make excuses for yourself with playing it in a normal season. Okay. Yeah. Back in 2015, or back in 2010, or 2000, wherever. Right. When everything was normal and, and the stands are packed. Um. Just don't don't make excuses. I hope no one makes excuses for themselves and they still go out there with the same amount of intensity, the same amount of passion and emotion, um, and and focus. Right. Mm-hmm. We were talking about weren't we? Ta- we were talking about this. You brought this up, which was which was beautiful. The, the fact, and actually, I'm going to draw a tangent to golf, which love, we were talking I about. I love golf you, tangents. Oh, so do I. Love it's, it. it's, it's, I mean, besides, the baseball and golf, two greatest games. I, I, oh, I that's think. a fact. I, yeah, that's absolutely I, I, a fact. Fact. Okay, you heard it here, right? You heard it here first, folks. Franny Dumber said and fact. Franny. Fact. 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 So, <laughs> you drew, you drew, you drew a tangent to golf yesterday. And talking about the fans and the lack of fans with the, the charity open at mm-hmm. Mirfield where Justin Thomas drains that 50 footer. Right. Yep. And, and there's no roar. And, but Morikawa has a 24 footer and he steps up and drains his, and you brought up such a, such a great point and such a great thought, which was, and you asked me, you said, Dauber, does Morikawa, does Morikawa drain that? If there is a huge gallery right there, on 18 and they erupt and go freaking nuts after he sinks it. Did yeah. you think that affects him? And, and you're, you're right. It, how, how can it not? Yeah. But, how can I it mean, not affect you? It, but yeah, you got to go through those situations, right? I mean, in, in the first place to understand if you could actually do it. So that's why it's a weird question, but it's relevant because you're going, all right, because at some point we're going to find out like there's going to be a roar and is he going to be able to dial it in and he's going to go a couple times and next thing you know we're like oh yeah he could have done that so maybe he answers it years down the road remember that in the charity you know his one of his first wins his second win overall he would have drained it because we've seen multiple times with crowds he would have done it it's just an interesting thought it it, it is and 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 it's you're, you're we're taking because there are no fans and because there aren't there there isn't that energy and yeah. that decibel level right that 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 
it's like a growing like just steam train right mm-hmm. that just continues to gain momentum as the innings go on as you get through the first three innings right then you know people are now really settling in and and then you get to the middle part the middle three you know the middle three innings and 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 all of a sudden people start to really get engaged there's there dude it is a living breathing organism right and I, I, I love where your mind's at when you talk about it in the way that you're talking about it. It's you find out what you're made of yeah. when you're in those situations, when you have 50,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, you find out it is, it is the ultimate pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. It, and it, and it, it will either guys will either lock themselves in or they'll get distracted. Right. Yep. And, and, or it'll teach you like it did for you and me, It'll teach you how to block that out, how to, how to, you know, how to silence the, the, the 40,000 screaming people, right. And the cowbells that are going, if you're in Tampa and, um, (laughs) it it just, that's that's hard to do that that cowbell, (laughs) those cowbells, I mean, they're, those are the loudest freaking cowbells in the, on the planet. I'm I'm sorry. That is, there's, I've. I can't remember who it was, was involved with both and not as a player, but I think as a coach or management was the giants in O two in O two in Anaheim with the uh, thunder sticks and the cowbells oh. in uh, Tampa that year. Oh. And they said, and it might've actually been a scout and they, and they said, everyone thought that thunder sticks were deafening to the point where they should be outlawed. There comes nothing close to the damn cowbell. In a dome, <laughs> no chance. Here we are worried about thunder sticks and and causing you know irreparable hearing damage yeah. to children who are sitting next to these crazed fans, you know, smacking them together for seven and a half innings, right? No, the cowbell, cowbell takes the cake, dude. Oh, um, God. But 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 we digress again. Uh, no back... way, you and I. I no, think you have... know what's funny is I was like thinking about as we're digressing through multiple things is the fact that like I think there was a couple times in Washington in fourteen where we were almost missing at bats based on the fact that we were in conversation and like Randy would look at us and be like, boys, let's go. <laughs> and we we're always dialed and locked in, but we're talking about something within the game. We're going, okay. So think about this scenario. Well, the scenario is already coming up. Dauber, Franny, let's go. That's why you're one of my favorite teammates of all time. I wish we would have played together longer. Um, we had to, we had to compete against. I, look, we could go on to that. Keep on. No, we go on on there. But so so yes, the the you know I, it's it's just going to be interesting. You know, it's just going to be it's going to be an interesting season. Um, seeing how how the players react to high leverage situations, and they're going to have to find it within themselves to. To, to get themselves, you know, jacked and pumped yeah. and, and motivated because that's, you know, you've got fans in the stands that, that it does that for you. Were you it a, does it for you. Were you a guy that tried to quiet it down every in every which way when there's a lot of fans, big moments and all that stuff? Or were you a guy that, like, I found myself when I would try to get up in those big moments, like, I, or try to bring myself down in those big moments to try to make, like, you know, let's go slow heartbeat on this one. You know, think of that. I, I thought I was worse. Like I liked being amped up, even though we all know that's not always the best thing for me, but I love being amped up. It, 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 it's embracing that, but I don't, how did you go about it? Yeah. You know, um, great question. 
um, and and to each their own, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there were times where, um, you know, pl- playing in 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 Sun Life and Marlins Park, where you, you can hear a mouse a fart. <laughs> you can, okay. Um, I, 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 you know, yes. Greg then Dobbs you, and Franzen talking about mouse farts. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. It's getting spicy, people. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, ha- I, I, ha- I had, I, ha- you had to. I and I and I, I love being pumped up more than anybody. But I, I found that uh, there was a fine line for me where if I got too pumped up, I became too aggressive, mm. too jumpy. Um, I, I, I started to get a little too tense. Um, and, um, I, and then I, I, I wouldn't perform and I wouldn't be able to have the, the, the clarity that I needed in the moment. Right. Mm. Which, and you know what, you know who I learned this from? I learned this from chase and watching chase chase. I mean, if you, if you strapped a heart, a Garmin heart rate monitor on him under his, under his chest, or I mean, under his, under, you know, around his chest, under his Jersey, and you just monitored his, his beats per minute through a game. And in the biggest Hey, his, his heart's probably, you know, pumping a hundred and, you know, 140 to 160 beats in a huge leverage situation. Like where we're in the series in 2009 and and we're in Yankee stadium and against CC and he's, you know, he hits the homer. Like, okay, of course he's jacked up, but you could never tell it by looking at him. Right. I mean, so, so under control, even though inside we, you, you and I both know, right. We we love chase. One of the best ever. Okay, to play the game and, and, and going about the game, preparing. Um, I feel so fortunate to have played with him for those four years and to learn by just watching him and then talking to him in the clubhouse and asking him these things. But I, I found that I performed better if I could slow myself down, not get caught up too much, at least yeah. in the moment. Um, and I'll, I'll tell I learned this from the great and late Ken Revisa. God, God bless him. Um, he, when I was a junior at Long Beach state, before I transferred to the university of Oklahoma for my senior year, he was, he Boomer was the sooner. guy and boomer sooner. Um, and he, he taught us that when you start feeling amped up and your heart rate's getting up, the adrenaline's pumping, you know, you you start, your, your breathing starts to, to quicken. He taught us to, and, and whenever we got to a new park a new stadium Mm. say we're going to play wichita state right so we go to play wichita state he said here's what you guys do you pick a point pick something and it's got to be small it's got to be a small and it could be the very tippy top of uh one of the light stands or it could be something out in center field or it could be something on top of the press box but it's it's your spot and your spot alone and when you feel that the game is getting too fast or your mind is racing too fast or you're getting too caught up in the moment and you feel like you're getting out of control go to that spot in between pitches or in between innings go to that spot and just focus on it and just look at it and stare at it and just breathe and just hear yourself breathe and be one with your breath i i held that with me through my entire playing career Mm. and i had spots like that at every stadium that i would go to to remind myself and that was freaking ken revisa in 1999 that Long Beach State taught me that, and that—that's what worked for me. That's incredible. I love that stuff because I—I never found that. <laughs> I never found that spot. <laughs> no, but it, hey, it's it, okay. It's, it's awesome though. There's certain things that that will always live on. That's one. You know, that's something that right. that's a nugget that not a lot of people have, 
and and you yeah. could draw upon. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's. I mean, shoot, I could talk so much about, it, but uh, so we play this game on uh, pine tar for breakfast. I don't know about if you know about this game. Would you like to play? I I would I would love to play. Okay, so the game is uh, it's called waffle or not. And you, you speak of Chase, and, and basically because, you know, he liked to waffle a lot of people, uh, this game basically came about. Uh, you, you speak of Chase, and I, I want to say one little thing is it goes everything on what you talked about at the beginning. You love to be prepared, and, and you love to study film, you le- and you learned a lot of that from Chase, obviously, and, and, and that's why his heartbeat was so slow. He was the most prepared human being for every little scenario. That Absolutely. Nothing was ever going to get you know catch up to him, and he w- he was always thinking ahead because he was so prepared. And when you're, I feel like when you're so prepared, like those thoughts, those random thoughts of like this play could happen, and that, it's so slow in his mind. It, it, he's able to execute. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. Totally, totally agree. Okay, he's like Neo. He's like Neo in the Matrix. Oh, dude, great call! Wow. Yeah, I, I dude, love I, that. I don't know. I, I I'm having one of my finest <laughs> moments in my life right now on on the line with you. I'm just I'm just being honest. Oh, I'm firing so on good. all cylinders. This is so good. Okay, so we're <laughs> gonna fire on all cylinders with you on this one. All right, so waffle or not, okay. you can uh, you can say that you waffled the guy. Doesn't mean you have to have homered off him because uh, you got 46 of them, which is a hell of a lot more than I have. So there there could be a lot more waffleage, but it's about own, hey. owning someone. Hey, you had 15 someone. big ones, dude. Don't sell yourself short, bro. Okay, you had 15 big ones. Yeah. Come on now. I got a text message from uh, Madison Bumgarner last year when he hit 16. He's like, gotcha. And I was like, you jackass. Like, really? <laughs> wah, 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 wah. Anyway, uh, okay. all right, let's uh, let's start out with uh, – God, I can't believe both you and I. Anyway, uh, Kyle Kendrick. I have to start there. I have to start there. Oh, So waffle or not? Yeah. Did you waffle him or not? Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say not. Yeah, you didn't. Two for sixteen. He punched you out twice, <laughs> dude. I owned him. I owned Kyle Kendrick in live BPs. So like the the moment I got a chance to face him, like being one of my good buddies, I love Kyle. I love him to death. He I, I talked to absolutely him destroyed me, like off my knuckles. Like I was, I think it was over three. I think I, I think I had a combined like ninety feet of ground balls off of him. You yeah. know, <laughs> I'm sure I did too. You, you, you want to know what it was? I think I just figured it out. Why why I did not waffle him and why he waffled me is because every time I looked out at him, you know what <laughs> I saw? He just starts laughing. <laughs> I, 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 I saw Puss in Boots. You know how Puss in Boots oh, in, yes. in Shrek oh, and with no. the big eyes when you get the big eyes? That I, I saw that and I was like, you are you are too precious. You are too. Uh, oh, KK, God, I, I just want to like, go out there and I just want to go out there and hug you, KK. I, yeah, so I got I got totally distracted. It's, it's a, a fact. fact. The the baby face, totally unassuming. Yeah. You know, pasty Silent white. The, the the you know the the Washington you know pigment in his skin. <laughs> you know, Seattle Washington, not the other Washington. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I just he he yeah he got me. Oh, all right, I like that one. All right. Um, how about the uh, Red Sox pitching coach, Dave Bush? Oh, waffled. <laughs> Believe it. Six for 14. Two? You had two pumps off him because that's what the kids are calling I, him these days. Two pumps. I, 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 remember, I remember one of those um, in, in Miller Park. And um, 
<laughs> it's funny with the things you remember. Um, no, this is why yeah. I, I love to do it because uh, a couple years ago, I'm a Warriors fan. You had the LeBron situation where he like reminisced on the entire like sequence of plays <laughs> that happened five <laughs> minutes before. You know, in in the press conference, everyone's like, "This guy is so brilliant! Like he remembers everything." <laughs> so I bring this up because exactly what you're gonna do right now. Go. I I I I remember it. I remember the delivery that he made. Um, I remember the I remember the pitch. Um, and I remember the feeling of hitting it. And you question think, is, do you it, remember the count? Hmm. Mm. No, I don't. All right, two that's and one. okay. That's two one thing. One. Two and one. Yeah, oh, I was going to say two and zero, oh, yeah. but okay, two and okay, two and one, and I. You know when you hit a ball and it's almost like you didn't even feel it and it just like catapults everything. We're talking about like being connected Mm -hmm. in the swing Mm -hmm. and and how great it just everything linked up, everything linked up, and he provide he provided some some power and and I just I just met it and it felt so good and it it was one of the farthest balls I think I've ever hit. and, but I, I, but I distinctly remember that, and I have not thought about that until this moment when you asked me, Dave Bush waffled go. or not? Yeah, and you waffled him, and you that's incredible. Thirteen fifty-seven OPS. My friend LeBron has nothing on you. All right, uh, Tim Hudson. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Oh, because God, we had some epic battles. I, and, and okay, and I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this after I, I give you the answer, because this is one of the classiest things that, that was ever done to me on a baseball field in Atlanta um, at, at, uh, at Turner Park. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say waffled. OK, you did not waffle him. OK, you were six okay. for 31 against him. But here's the thing. Ooh. Your Ooh. most Ooh. RBIs that you had against any pitcher was against Tim Hudson. So I give that the wash. Okay, and that, I think that's I, – okay. I think it's fair. Because uh, I'm way off. I Six for 31, fair. that's – you know, he, he seven ribbies me. against him. That, 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 to me, that, that is something because the, probably the times that you're facing him <laughs> are big moments. So driving in a run against him, that, I'm, I'm sorry, it's a wash. I, I, okay, I, and that, that's, maybe that's why I, – I had a tough one with it, but maybe that's why I, I chose Waffle because I remember getting – or I, I perceived that I had some big hits and big moments against him. But God dang it, was he freaking tough, dude? Oh my God! And, and dude, we're not even dude. talking about when he was with Oakland. Oh, oh no. good well, dude. I, I heard I, one yeah, of the like, two for like, six I, against him when he was in Oakland, right? So I don't, I don't want to hear about that one. Oh, okay, uh, fine, fine, okay. All right, you got two fine, more. Uh, oh, oh, no, well, okay, story, really quick, really quick. The most classiest thing, the most classiest thing that ever, uh, one of the most classiest things that ever was Tim Hudson. We had this epic battle. It must have been a thirteen or fourteen pitch at bat in Atlanta. Middle part of the game, I want it's a crucial part. I think it was maybe either fifth, sixth, or seventh inning, right in there, and it's a dogfight. He's dealing. I can't remember who was pitching for us. Maybe it was Cole, or maybe it was uh, Blanton. Um, anyways, I I get this base hit off him up the middle, and I mean it is a battle, dude. It, it's one of those crucial moments in the game, right, where it, things could swing either way, and you're in Atlanta. So they're about to they're about to start pulling out the chop, right? So mm-hmm. um, I get to first base, and Freeman is there, and Freeman's kind of like not doing anything, and and he's kind of looking at me, and I could feel it. Um, 
and I've got Davey coming up to me and getting in my ear. And all of a sudden I look across and t- Huddy isn't even on the mound. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? He should be like yeah. on the mound getting ready. Cause I'm fe- like, you're just in that normal sort of, you know, state of the game and the flow yeah. of the game. Huddy waited for me to get to first base and look at him. He was looking at me, which made Freddie kind of look at me and, and he waited for me to make eye contact with him. He looked at when I, and when he did, he tipped his hat to me. He literally in the middle of the game, he tipped his hat, didn't say anything and got right. I'm literally getting goosebumps right now. Dude, Tell I, story, dude, I, I'm going to take it a was picture the of my classiest, own. Whoa, I got him too. It, I seriously have such huge goosebumps right now. I, it was the classiest thing. I'll never forget it. Uh, I'll never forget it. What an ultimate competitor, but what a freaking classy guy. God, I want to end on that, but I I can't. Like, I, that's like the perfect <laughs> moment to end. But I got one more for you. Okay, hit me with it. Doc. I'm all yours, dude. I am I am putty in your hands, Doc. Oh, I waffled. Yeah, you waffled, Doc. And God, that to me God, is God like God rest his soul. Yes, God rest his like, soul. That is so. You are one of the probably few that ever has the, the ability to say they waffled Roy Halladay, Hall of Famer. I, dude, one of the greatest human beings, one of the greatest teammates, one of the greatest. You want to talk about guys who could prepare. And you know what? Actually, Franny, this is a this is a, this is the this is the perfect one to end on is Doc. Mm-hmm. We, we couldn't end with we couldn't end with Huddy. We, we got to end with Doc. Um <sighs> I don't even know where to start. Um, it was an absolute honor and privilege to play with him, to watch him. You talk about Kendrick. Kendrick Kendrick learned everything from him, mm-hmm. as should have everybody else, right? Um, because the way he went about his preparation, his work ethic, um, you want to talk about guys who are in the moment, in the battle, and who are just – you know, laser focused and their heartbeat is barely breaking a hundred. That's him because just like chase and just like how, what we learned to do, he was over-prepared but I would watch he and Chooch Chooch as well, by the way, yeah. let's throw Chooch into this because Chooch, he was over-prepared as well. And that's why he was just so calm and such a, I mean, Oh my goodness. Um, I, I learned so much from being his teammate and watching him and we didn't talk much, dude, you know, Roy was quiet. You know, he was, he kept himself and, you know, very cerebral. He would be reading, he'd read his books on the plane and, you know, you know, have his, have his earphones in reading the iPad and whatever novel it was. It's probably a, probably a romance novel, right? Just kind of get his mind off things. Um, (laughs) But um, he, I learned so much from him and it was, and here's, I think here's what it was. So my, my hitting coach. I can't, I can't take all the credit for this. Mm-hmm. My longtime hitting coach who passed away last year um, after a battle with stomach cancer, a um, guy named Mike Stubbins, he, he taught me from when I was 13 all the way through my entire professional career. He built my swing. My swing, it was him, was mm-hmm. his teachings, and he, teach, he, he learned from a guy named Kenny Myers who coached in the Chicago White Sox system. Um, he... He helped me actually in this, in having the success I had against Doc um, was, and this was my philosophy from the start to finish and really almost facing anybody, but especially a guy like Doc. What is, what he goes, you face a guy like Halliday, you don't want to get 
you don't want him to get to strike one. He yeah. gets to strike one. It's a oh single oh oh sing or homer oh oh all in the same game three first pitch swinging hits uh an o2 double which is fantastic and an o2 you had a two two uh an, another single off him or double sorry two two double and then your last hit against him was a one oh single meaning yes you got after him yeah uh, it, but you had to and i and <laughs> I, I just said there's just no other way, you know, because he's just he was so filthy and so good. You know, the only chink in the armor, which if there even was one, it was the sliver, a sliver of a chink in the armor was the the good guys, just like a Cole Hamels, just like a, a, a mad bum. Um, you know, you think of guys. God, I remember guys like um, like Kyle Loesch back when he was with the twins. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then even when he came, you know, the St. Louis, like those guys like that, like they've got so many weapons that you have you, you got to get at him you got to try no your best bet is to get after him early yeah no, doubt. no dude dude you are a cornucopia of information i, Did I, you know I just that? try to be i i mean you, paramount and cornucopia i am all in i am all in right now greg dobbs thanks for joining me on pine tar for breakfast i know you got to go back to the matrix and uh, <sighs> yes i do back to the real world back but, to cleaning up our backyard our son left out all of his golf equipment. That's great. I mean, yep, it's all good. Little... He, at least he's practicing. <laughs> true. Yep. True. Could be worse. But you're the man for hey, coming Franny, on, and uh, we'll do this again. I would love to, Franny. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it. Keep up all the great work, man. I appreciate that. Later, dude. Later, buddy. Am I lucky or not? Because I, I get to talk to great Dobbs often, but we got to be teammates in Washington after competing against each other for a long time. And, uh, yeah, very two like minds. Yeah, real, real good time. But he's the best, and he, he might be the best ever to, uh, you know, him and uh, Greg Gross, two of the best bench players of all time. And when I say bench players, that's a huge compliment because you have to be something upstairs to be able to be great. And that's what Dauber was. Thanks for joining me on uh, Pine Tar for Breakfast. This episode was brought to you by Yingling Lager. That is right. Elevate your taste. Spread your way. Peace.